This is College Dame Day, a podcast for college football fans, hosted by three sisters who recap last week's games, talk about upcoming matchups, and find some time to trash talk the teams they don't like. Let's join Megan, Amy, and Laura as they break the huddle and kick off this week's episode. Welcome, everybody. It is Thanksgiving week, so that's something to be excited about. Although I don't know if Husker fans have a lot to be thankful for after last week's game. So we'll talk a little bit about that and some other notable Big Ten games that went on this week. And we'll also just go around and kind of see how the rest of the teams in the league are doing and wrap up looking at some of our picks um, from the last week. So, yeah, unfortunately, (laughs) we have to talk about this. Nebraska. I thought you were going to say. We'll go around and check on everyone's mental health. <laughs> uh, everyone check in, tell your prognosis. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a, a rough, a rough one. Um before we kind of get to our points, what what are your overall just takeaways, you guys? I have a few. First okay. of all, this is not really having to do with the game itself, but I just want to know who thinks back and is like Hey, let's take those alternate jerseys that we lost to Indiana in last year and put those on today because those must have been great luck. Like, I'm not super superstitious. Like, you know, I don't. But I am like, a little stitious. I am a little stitious. It's not like I, you know, <laughs> won't wash my underwear and stuff. But like, okay, why would we bring back a uniform that we lost? And I get that it looks sick. I really like the way the red names look on the black. I would like even red numbers, but anyway, maybe that's what's wrong with them. But I just don't understand when we have the white uniforms, like for, you know, use, like way game, whatever we want to do, why we go back to those jerseys that we lost in. Like, why? I mean, probably someone was like, we paid good money for these, so we better wear them again. (laughs) I mean, someone who's completely practical and not even a little stitious at all is probably in charge of that decision. Yeah, and they probably thought Illinois, like, we can't possibly lose to them, right? They're like, this is a good time to pull these out. This is a great time. I mean, I would have thought that. That person needs to lose their job because we need to, like, bury those jerseys somewhere very, very deep and never use them again. (laughs) Um, Well, I will say our special teams looked good. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I, it's super depressing to me, the family that I'm in with you guys, and it's not so much you two, but just like everybody, how it's just like, when we have an awful game like that, and everyone's just criticizing like our coaches and our players and everything, it like, that literally depresses me more than anything else, and I, I can't handle it, like, all these people will be texting me like fans of the podcast or just like whoever. And they'll either be like teasing me about the game or because they're like not Nebraska fans or it's like fans that are just like frustrated. And it like, it overwhelms me. And I have like, I can't join in on the like bashing. It just like, it hurts my heart. Like Mm -hmm. it's still my team and like, I can't do it. So I was just going to mention that our special teams looked good. Like, punting some really good punts <laughs> we made all of our <laughs> field goals very practiced we made all of our field goals and extra points like i'm just special teams looked good okay um which last year our kicking situation was real rough so that's a positive um I mean, minus the situation where they faked the the, the punt but besides that yeah that that 
wasn't a good one. But, like, to be honest, like, who sees that coming? Like, come on, Illinois, what are you doing? But anyway, um, I just don't understand how our Rundy looks so good against, like, Penn State, even Ohio State. Like, I don't understand how we get through and we sack Justin Fields more times than we do Illinois. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand that. And I get that we were, like, in a zone, but I don't understand why it took us until halftime to make the change. It's just frustrating watching slow white guys get touchdowns on us. Like, I don't mm-hmm. get it. Did you have any more points, Amy? Or <laughs> Yeah, I do, but I was going to let somebody else talk because I feel like I've been talking this whole time. Okay, well, I, I'll go real quick because I don't really have any words. <laughs> I just was watching yesterday wishing that it was over like the whole time because I could tell adjustments were not going to be made. There was no spark, like nothing good was happening. And it was like, let's just end it now. Let's stop the pain and regroup and figure out what is wrong. Unfortunately, I don't have an answer to that. My suspicion is that it has to do more with coaching and culture than it does obviously with any kind of physical ability or talent. You know, we have more talent than Illinois. Yeah. And although their line had, they had some big boys. Like we looked small out there next to Illinois. To me, I was like, what is, maybe it's just the black uniforms are very slimming, but I was like, why do they look like giants? And we look like little mice out there. I don't understand that. But I mean, overall, we have the talent, you know, to be Illinois, for sure. It's just frustrating that I'm concerned it's a coaching issue. And I really hate to say that because I know that Scott really believes in the people that he's put around him. But I'm starting to wonder if he needs to be willing to cut some people and make some new hires in order to get things going again. That's all I have to say, though. I'm just like, I would like to just bury my head in the sand. I would like to curl up like Eugene into a fetal position and close my eyes. And then when it's all better, you guys tell me and I'll come back out. Okay. I have what I think is some good news that you guys are going to like to hear. Okay. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. I think like nine out of 10 times we play Illinois, we win. Like, it's just Mm -hmm. like. Right away, that first, like, stupid, like, lateral, forward, whatever that pass was that the refs sucked and didn't, like, that set us on a course of, like, football is a very emotional game. It's very momentum. Like, who has it? Like, and we never had it. We just never had it the whole game. Um, And I think that it was just, like, one thing led to another. And, like, I don't don't think that, like, I think that was, like, a fluke game. I really do. Like, I think if we, like... Like I said, if we were going to play them like nine more times, I think we win every single time. But I'm just saying like, I, I feel like we are one of the unluckiest teams ever. Illinois had what, like three fumbles and every single one fell right back into their arms or like Mm -hmm. popped right back into their hand. Like, here's the thing. It's like when I deal blackjack and I hit like 21, like seven times in a row and everyone is like really mad at me and stuff it's like at some point that luck is going to change and I'm going to start like just busting every single hand and vomiting out money to people and it's like that has to happen to us at some point like Mm -hmm. variance like has to come into play statistics like 
we will start getting lucky plays at some point. We have to. It's mm-hmm. math, okay? We okay. have to. So, okay, well, when that starts happening, Megan, I will wake Sorry. you up and okay. you okay. can uncurl, unfurl, and it will all be better because it's okay. just okay. not possible. Okay. One of the things that I wanted to address, though, I appreciate your pep talk. I do think that is true. We have been very, very unlucky. But one of the things that I see as an issue is that when we are unlucky and momentum swings, there's a lack of mental toughness that we really, really need. Because good teams, when things don't go their way, they just jump right back in the next play. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like for us, it knocks us out of the game completely. We can't recover from it. And it's like, that just goes to more of like what I was saying about it's a coaching issue. It's a mindset issue. And it's more of a mental game than it is the physical skill that I'm seeing that I'm frustrated by. So yes, you're right. Things do have to go our way. Eventually, we will not always be unlucky in every single game. And I don't think we have been I think like the Penn State game proves that like we were pretty lucky at several points in that game. However, we've got to find the mental toughness to push through when we're not getting the breaks. Okay. First of all, you're kind of stepping on the toes of the little pep talk I just had that brought hope back into yes, everyone's hearts. we have hearts. to bring it back to reality <laughs> So you at some point. completely doused that flame. Thank you. But well, I I'm going to agree with Megan, though. I don't think that mental toughness is a coaching issue. That's a player mentality. That's why, like, no, when I, I disagree. What? I said I disagree. But I you're think wrong. you're wrong. The, no, the thing is that, and this is what Michael says all the time, he says, Attitude reflects leadership and it, it's a culture of losing and it's a, it's a mental block that like for some reason our team has because either we're not coaching them to put them in the right position because Megan said our talent is better or we've got that and we've been losing for so long that it is just ingrained in the culture. Like it is something that they cannot bounce back from. Okay, culture is something different though than coaching because I think that like it yeah, but coaching sets sets the culture. The it leaders does, the but culture. when you inherit something that's already the culture, you have to completely change. It's like a whirlpool. Like you don't just like get that like tide going right away. You have to like start stirring it up and stirring it up, and then it'll carry you. Like, I, like I'm not. Yeah, but I'm looking at like Indiana. Like, how are they able to do it? Like, I'm looking at all these teams that can do it. I don't think it's their weaselly coach that's doing it. Like, here's the thing. I, I think, looking good. I think we have coaching issues. I do. I think there's coaching issues. I'm not trying to say that there's not coaching issues. But coaches can't go out and make the plays. Like, that easy pass that Luke had that, like, he just threw at the feet. Like, like our players have to go execute. And, like, yes, I completely agree that we had more talent and we should have won. And, like, it's frustrating, too, when I see teams with less talent winning. But it's not all a coaching thing. And and the mental toughness thing issue, I don't see. That's why I see, like, Wandale, that um, drive he had, like, the or the run in the second half. And he just got, like, so fired up. And he was trying to, like, if every single player was like that, we wouldn't have lost. We wouldn't have. Like, it, mm-hmm. it's a, it's, like, yeah, these so are why, adults. Why are our players these coming are out adults. flat? Why They're are they coming flat. out like that? Like, why aren't they ready to play? Why aren't they... Like, like so you what, how do you fix it? Well, see, I, I don't know. Like, you recruit mentally tough players. But, like, I don't think that's on the coaches. That that aspect, I don't. 
I do think that we need someone like calling plays that's up in a boot. Like Mm -hmm. I'm a big proponent of like, when you can see the field up top, it is a completely different like vantage point. And, and I really honestly do think that like Scott's focus on the offense and like him making all those calls, like, I think he needs to give that to like some like young new mind and like, let him sit up there and make those calls up in the booth. Like I, I really do. Um, so like that would, that would be a coaching aspect I would change. But like, honestly, like I think, and I think honestly, they are trying to fix it. That's why I think people are leaving. It's like, mm-hmm. if I had a player tweeting at halftime about something like those two players should be off the team. That's not a team player. Like that's, that's, yeah, you should be gone. You're gone. Like I have no, and like, I think maybe that's why some people are leaving. And so I think he is maybe trying to fix the culture and it's just, it's hard because kids have been raised these days in like a, an easy, like there's just an easy, gen- like microwaves, everything comes quick. And like when things are hard, or you have to work for it. It's not worth it. Like, so I don't think that's on the coaches. Yeah. I, I, I just think that something needs to change. And I agree. I think first off Scott needs to give up offensive play calling. Cause he can't, you can't manage the team. And if you look at the grades, I mean, if you look at someone like, I mean, again, Michael and I were talking about this. If you look at, you know, Nick Saban, what makes him a really good coach, what made Urban Meyer a really good coach, is they got the best coaches in place and let them do their thing, but then they managed. And I think Scott's trying to do too much, and he just he cannot do it. And then, two, I think a lot of frustration for the team is that we see we put these scholarship guys out there that are so lackluster. They don't have the energy. They don't have the thing. And it, like, for heaven's sakes, it took us forever to play Xavier Betts. I mean, if you're one of those talents that's sitting on the sideline being like, I want to play, I'll at least go out there and give it my best shot. But we're still playing these all these other guys that can't catch. I think there's probably a frustration point there. So I don't know. For me, the buck stops there. It's at coaching. Whether they need to recruit better, they need to put play calling better, they need to get them prepared better. I, there just has to be something that happens. Um, and, and we've got to eliminate the stupid mistakes. Again, I'm not asking us to go out there and be a national champion. I'm not asking us to go out there and beat Ohio State. But am I asking that they should go out there and beat Illinois? Absolutely. But five turnovers? Come on. Like, come on. That You can't have it. Here's where I'll agree with Amy. Like, I do think that we have to be optimistic because just being pessimistic and complaining about things is not going to change the culture. Like, there's not going to be success without what are the positive things we want to change about this program. And I think one advantage that Nebraska has is that our fans are going to support this team no matter what. I mean, we, like, supported them through the Riley era. Like, we showed up, you know, like, we're always going to show up and love this team like they're our child you know no matter what they do but I do think that we we have to be willing to like maybe make some hard decisions and maybe Scott's gonna have to make some hard decisions like in terms of coaching and structure and even like cutting some of scholarship kids you know what I mean like maybe we have to let some of them go if they have the physical talent but they don't have the mental presence to be there on the team and to lead the team and I think that's why it was so hard for him to not start Adrian is like he sees Adrian as the a kid who really, you know, just captures everything he wants and his players, like, you know, positive attitude, like cheering on the team, a team player, like works hard, all of those things. And that's where I think he is looking for the right things. Um, it's just maybe going to be a little bit slower. It's going to be, you know, one step forward, two steps back, kind of a situation for a while. Um, and so maybe, 
maybe Saturday was just a big step back, but we're about to take another jump forward next week. Um, that's all we can do is be positive and try to look for ways to improve. So, I mean, I hope that that's what they're doing. You know, yeah. I, I don't know. Scott Frost has a worse record in his first three seasons than Mike Riley had than uh, anybody else. So I'm, I'm not saying that we need to be super negative and then we need to stop cheering for him. I mean, we're obviously Husker fans. We're going to every week show up, like you said, but it does need to get to the point that it's not just enough each week to say, my bad, we're working. There has mm-hmm. to be some substantial changes. Like we have to be able to see either he needs to fire some of his coaches and get some new ones in there, or he, he needs to figure something out. I just, I want there to be enough shakeup and unrest that something changes. I don't think he should be fired. I'm not asking for turnover or anything like that. But something's got to happen. We're paying him way too much money to have this kind of performance. So that's just my frustration. Um, who do you guys think is going to start at quarterback next week? No idea. I think it's going to be Luke. Um, Scott Frost is very, um, I, I don't even know what the word. He, okay, the thing that I appreciate about him is that he he doesn't want his, want his players playing in like, fear of failure and as an athlete like I completely understand that because when you're scared of making mistakes um you play worse like most people do but and that's why I think it took him so long to bench Adrian and because he did that drastic of a thing and he started Luke that's why when people were like oh we're gonna see Adrian starting the second half I was like no you're not he he made his decision with Luke Luke's gonna come out and start second half and he did. And then after his, like, I don't know, whatever interception, then Adrian finally went in. But I think he, like, made his decision to go with Luke. Um, and I think Luke gets another chance just because he had, like, one bad game. I don't think he gets benched for that. I, I completely think that it will be Luke. But that's, like, a question I have, though, is, like, I I, I get, like, sticking with your players so that they're not scared of making mistakes. But I do think at some point... And it maybe not even like a failure thing, but just an effort thing. Like if you don't see guys putting for it, like on the line anywhere, like I think there needs to be more of like my spot can get taken if I'm not going to put forth like effort and hustle and stuff like that. Because yeah, I don't like it when like somebody makes a mistake or throws a pick and then they're immediately benched and yelled at. And I don't think that's like a, a healthy culture but I do think that like if you're worried about your spot, like because of effort, if it's not just give it like a given every week that you have it, I think you work harder. And I think that needs to be more of like, I don't know, like Laura said, a shake up. Like if like on the player side of things, like if you're not going to give it your all, bench them. Megan, who do you think? I mean, I have no idea. I think one of the things I've said is we really need consistency at that position. But then during the game on Saturday, I'm like, oh, my gosh, please put Adrian back in, you know, because I understand how hard it is to stick with someone who's clearly not on their game that day. I mean, Luke was just off. And I was relieved when I saw Adrian come in because even though I think at that point it was too late, really. I mean, the game was pretty much over. It was like, well, maybe we can get, we can recover like a little bit of dignity here and like score, which we did. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's really hard because I feel like it's a Georgia situation where we have enough talent at that position. We're just not developing it. And I understand that both Adrian and Luke are very young quarterbacks. And so I'm not 
like writing it off and saying we, you know, it's a lost cause, but I have no idea. I think probably it will come down to how they practice this week and who's more mentally present, you know, on Friday. So we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised either one though. Yeah. I I 100% think Luke, I would bet money on it, but I'm leaning more toward, I think maybe Martinez, but I should have looked at the stack up of, of Iowa. Um, just because I Martinez has really, if you're going to try to break him out, I mean, Martinez has gone much more to a throwing quarterback and, and Luke's more you're running. So I maybe should look at the matchup, but I, I'm kind of thinking you have to go back to Martinez. Um, he was three for four for 43 yards on passing and one touchdown. McCaffrey, in contrast, was 15 of 26 for 134 yards, but three interceptions. He did, though, for rushing have 122 and two touchdowns. So, yeah, I guess maybe it kind of also depends upon how Iowa – I guess is matched up against us against passing versus rushing. But I almost, I almost wonder if we, we go back to Martinez, but at this point, I, I wouldn't be shocked uh, either, either way. Um, I think we also got, and I don't like to blame like luck or refs or anything like that, but I do think that the tone for the game was set really early with those two terrible calls back to back. Um, They had said that even if we did challenge or the reason the ref came out and said that they didn't take a lot of look at it is because we were missing a camera angle that game to see right down the line. So they like, even though by like the eyeball test, you could tell it went forward. There was not a shot down the line, so they didn't have it. So that's why they didn't buzz down for a replay. I don't know if Scott had challenged it. Had that's it been different. the stupidest reason but... I've ever heard because you look at where the hash is like when he throws it and where it is when the ball lands, you don't need a down the line shot for that. You just need a single camera. That's right. so stupid. Uh, well, I was in lifetime. I'm like, that was clearly a forward pass. And like yeah. the announcement thought the same thing. So I'm just, I'm surprised that they did it. And then they fumbled and like moved it forward and they gave it to them. Right. So I, I don't know that I think that's at the tone, but again, we got to have the mental tenacity if we have those mistakes to bounce right back. So we'll see. I thought it was kind of interesting. Something I took a look at was a couple of Nebraska's uh, former quarterbacks around the league. Uh, Jebbia played obviously at Oregon state this weekend people cannot say his name right. They're like Vidral, Vidral, like it's Vidral yeah. um, <laughs> at Indiana. Um, Jebbia was pretty closely matched McCaffrey. Um, he did not have the interceptions that he did, but about the same yardage. So they're, they were pretty closely matched up, but <laughs> Vidral looking pretty good. He had over 381 yards passing alone. So um, I think it'll be, or excuse me, Vedral at Rutgers. I think I said he was at Indiana, but just kind of interesting to kind of see how, if you're looking at the quarterbacks around the league, how they're developing outside of Nebraska might be something to watch. Let's talk a little bit about, I guess, Iowa coming up this week. <laughs> and I guess to be positive, you know what? Maybe our season can be redeemed if we can somehow find out a way to win this game. I haven't watched a ton of Iowa. I've watched them here and there. They seem pretty inconsistent. Their quarterback doesn't seem to be anything flashy. But I am nervous. I think they're coming in as over 14-point favorites, I think, 14 and a half maybe. Right. I like it. Here's, um, that's when, and this is like the, the mental toughness issue. When we're favorites, like when we're favored, we don't play as well as we do when we're underdogs. So I'm, I'm glad. Like I, I want us to be like 21 point, like underdogs. Like I want them to get pissed and then like come in and play. Like I, I do. I like being the underdog. I'm glad that it is what it is. Yeah, I definitely feel better being the underdog, but always nervous for Iowa because even if, they're terrible. They will pull out one good game a season and it will be the one against us. So I expect them to show up ready to play. Yeah, we will. We will see. Uh, I'd love to have 
the optimism to say maybe we can win. And you know what? Maybe we can. Maybe we'll have a Thanksgiving miracle. Well, let's let's kind of talk about the rest of the, the Big Ten games that went on this week. So Wisconsin Northwestern. And here here's kind of a contrast that I will say. So Joey Galloway is getting a lot of crap because he called North, Northwestern a bunch of Reese Davises. But I'm actually going <laughs> to agree with him because I, I get it. I don't think that Northwestern has like phenomenal athletes. But I think they are well coached, they are disciplined, and they are smart players, and they don't make the big mistakes. Um, the biggest stat that stuck out to me when I was kind of, I was like, well, that's kind of what I think of them. But I'm like, let's look at the numbers. Um, Wisconsin, if you look at every statistical category again, more yards, more first downs, more efficiency, more total plays, more time of possession. But then you look at what Wisconsin did wrong, two fumbles lost and three interceptions to the one turnover for Northwestern. And then if you look at penalties, Northwestern entire game, they had a one penalty for five yards versus Wisconsin, who had eight for 69. So okay. that's the thing. I'm like, Northwestern isn't flashy, but you know what? Mental tenacity, smart playing, 100% there. Yes, they're I, smart, not just like in a disciplined way. Like they, they are very disciplined and they play very disciplined football, but they're also smart in that they know how to work a ref because they get every single call to go their way it's ridiculous like I was cheering for Northwestern and I was still appalled at how many times like they just you know pass interference like Mm -hmm. intentional grounding like all of these things that should be called on them and they're not and I just think it has to do like they're really smart about like how to work a ref and like how far is too far like you know what I mean like it's just ridiculous so I don't know point that like your head like smartness can make up for lack of athleticism like yeah. all those white guys out there, like, and they compete, like they can compete with anybody. And it also sh- shows my point of like good defense, how people are saying, oh, defense is out, like defense doesn't win championships anymore. It's what gives Northwestern the edge in these like types of close games is their D and they're like, they're smart, their smarts, their head or whatever. Um, because yeah, they're, they're smarter. And that's why I think like that when we go to recruit, I don't know if we need to like raise the GPA or like I, I don't know, but like there's something to be said for like someone that can make the smart decisions, even if they're not the most athletic. Like that, yeah, that carries its own weight. It does. Yeah, it yeah. totally does. And then athleticism is something that can be developed. I mean, this is like Felipe Franks and Kyle Trask. You know what I mean? Like Kyle Trask is not a better athlete, but he's so much smarter and makes so much better decisions. I just think, yes, like you've got to focus on more than just you were, you know, this kind of an athlete in high school and you put up, you know, these kinds of numbers. I mean, it's a different, it's a different level and you have to have that mental toughness to compete at, at a next level. So I'm agreeing with you, Amy. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree with you more. Remember that corporate yes man that dad had that you could turn on? Yes. And it was like, how do you do it? And then it's like, <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. Um, but yes, Northwestern did get the win 17, seven. Um, I think the Grant Mertz hype maybe is going to slow down a little bit and Barry Alvarez, you can suck it for trying to make your team have the easiest, uh, game set up. So, 
Um, another another one to talk about. This one actually surprised me. I was not a huge Indiana believer, but maybe mm-hmm. I should be. So yeah. Ohio State. Well, I'm also a little bit more worried about Ohio State as well. But me too. Me too. Yeah, Ohio I State weaked out the win, 42-35. I more thought I was like not impressed with Ohio State than I was impressed with Indiana. Like I I think Justin Fields like lost his bid for the Heisman in that game. He did not look good. No, um, he didn't. And like when you are playing a shortened season anyway, and it's like every game carries that much more weight, it, it's just like a bigger deal. So I, I don't think he has any chance anymore to win the Heisman unless they can like win out and somehow win the national championship and he plays like out of his butt every single game. Like I don't think he has any chance to win it anymore. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think he looked great. I mean, he was sacked five times. Now, is that all on him? Obviously, no. Mm-hmm. Um I'm also concerned. I mean, everyone keeps saying that OSU secondary. I think they get into the college playoffs just because I'm like, who in the Big Ten is going to beat them? But I'm like, they. Uh, I I don't like their chances overall this year as much as I thought maybe going in. But I'm actually I actually am impressed with Indiana. Um, they again, if we're going to look at a team that has mental tenacity, mm-hmm. they went down and they they never gave up. They battled every minute of every play. Effort was a hundred. I actually thought Penix looked really good. Um, is it Fry Fogel? He's mm-hmm. going to be a top round pick in the NFL. Um, I was very impressed with Indiana, and they they were in a position to win the game, which shocked me. I thought this would be a blowout by Ohio State. So, well, I, they were in a position to tie it at the end, and like I hate I hate that like hook and ladder run that everybody's doing. Like, just throw a hail mary, okay? Like your odds are so much better running that thing than like tossing the ball around the field like a hot potato. I don't know. I the the exact opposite, though, of what I thought was going to happen this game happened. Um, I thought it was going to be close early on, and then Ohio State would pull away mm-hmm. at the end and have, like, a lot of separation. But it was, like, the opposite. They got, yeah, they got a big lead, and then they, like, slowly let Indiana back in. Right. And Indiana had, like, was it four turnovers? Um, yep. So, like, and I, I get Ohio State had three, like, two, so that kind of evened out. But there was still, like, one you know loss then if you're like averaging it out but um that like they were in the red zone and if I think that guy like caught it Penix like threw it to him and he caught it and he fumbled at like the five yard line or whatever that's one mm-hmm. of those like that game would have been tied then and gone into mm-hmm. overtime and um and, th- and that's that's it wasn't the sack so much that I thought Justin Fields looked bad because yeah obviously that's not all on him but, like, his decision-making, like, when he threw those, especially that one interception where it was, like, he could have ran it. He had a hole to run it, but he decided to roll to the other way. And then as he's getting pulled down, just throw it up in the air. Yes. Jump yes. Off. Like, I totally remember that. I was, like, what yeah, are you doing? What are you thinking? Like, you, was that on the fourth down play? No. No. No, it wasn't. It was, I think... He missed a wide-open guy on that one. Oh, okay. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, Ohio State, I think, is going to obviously win out now for sure, but seeing the rest of the talent they go up against. But, yeah, I ugh, I don't think Big Ten's going to represent well this year, unfortunately. So. I don't either. Well, it's really their own fault because if they had had more games to play, we would probably be looking it's, better. It's, you know, it's just we shot ourselves in the foot from the very beginning. So Kevin shot us. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin thanks. Holding the smoking gun. Sniped us, yeah. All right, well, let's look at another train wreck. Uh, Michigan. 
So <laughs> Michigan versus Rutgers. Michigan I'm did end up again getting so hoping Rutgers win 48-42. I know. I think we were all cheering for Rutgers, but uh again, let's talk about the theme of having backup quarterbacks come in. So Milton finally got benched for Michigan and McAmara, McNamara, I don't even know how to say his name came in and like led them to the victory. So again, clearly this year is such a toss up for knowing who the true talent should be on the field. I don't know. This game was back and forth. I was so tired. I was watching it in bed and I thought for sure when the Michigan kicker missed the field goal and over time, I'm like, Oh, that's it. Like Rutgers has got it. Yeah. And then sure enough, there's curse. No, no, I know. See, no, no, it's not over yet. There's more. I liked in the second overtime when, um, Bedrill like, rolled one way and like pulled all the defense and then they like threw it back and scored I was like yes like this could be it and then I think it was like a penalty that let Michigan get like a first down or something um and then they scored and then I was just like the I think that Harbaugh is just is biding his time like he was like warming up and he was like throwing the passes downfield for his like receiver (laughs) and I think he was just like soaking in all the time he can get <laughs> like when yeah, he's like ah oh, one last bask in yeah. the sun yeah my kids were actually really excited about this game um rachel because she always likes to pick out a game of the week that she calls college lame day based on two teams that are like at the bottom of the bottom but they're actually pretty evenly matched so it's a good game i feel like she did a real good job of nailing this one yeah and then, well done we need I know. to add that segment too she needs to like pick one every week for us and we can okay. add segment college okay yes i'll do that i'll do and that can- for sure and then elizabeth was so funny because she kept asking me all day long if michigan was playing and i'm like no no i don't know when they're playing or anything like it was totally off my radar. So I finally looked it up and I'm like, yeah, they're playing at seven 30 tonight. So she's like asking over and over, is it started yet? Is it started yet? And finally it comes out like halfway through this game that her teacher is a <laughs> Michigan fan who made a rude, rude remark about Nebraska, like sort of this offhand remark. And she took it so personally, like she will not let it go. She has this Good. grudge. So now Elizabeth, she's like, hold on to that grudge. Cheering Team. against Michigan every Team single time theory. they play. It's so funny. So I've ever been prouder of her. I know. It's so funny. And Jared was like, Megan, she is so loyal to you. And I was like, I know. It's like the sweetest. So that anyway, she was sweet. cheering so hard for records. It was really sad that in the end they lost. And also that my kids stayed up till after midnight watching that game. So this oh, morning so was a late. little rough at our house. But yeah. Anyway, it was it was kind of a fun game to watch, even though it didn't turn out the way we were hoping. Yeah, it. I, I know. I you guys know how much I love sleeping anyway. So like it was so hard. Like I was literally thinking as we have a YouTube app. I was like in bed falling asleep with the game on. But as soon as it was over, I was like, I like yelled down. I'm like, Michael, are you coming to bed? And he's like, what? The pa-, he's like, the Pac-12 game just started. I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm out. <laughs> See ya. Did not stay up for that one. So. Um, okay, well, it looks like someone in particular wants to talk about the Penn State game. So, Penn State 0-5 makes me feel a little bit better about our sitch. I know. Um, I know. And that is why I added it, because we are <laughs> not the worst team in the Big Ten, okay? All we right. Have a win. We have a win against them, so right. it could be worse. We could be Penn State. And I have a little bit of trivia. So, okay. Penn State is 0-5 which is the worst start ever for them, dating back to 1887, (laughs) Um, which is just, it takes a little bit of the heat off us. 
because I think that was the first time Illinois won at Nebraska since what, like 1924 or something like that. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was like, and okay, time out to like say, that is one of the things that makes me the most sad about like going through crappy times is like all of these records that were just like ruining because of like our great history that mm-hmm. it's just, like you hear something like that. Like, are you kidding me? 1921. Anyway, so we're going to just forget that, but we're going to on much Penn State sucks. So that was the first time that they've ever started 0 and 5. And they put up a thing on, um, I think it was like college football final or something, but it was like, so does anyone know who the eight winningest programs in like major college football is? I think we've done this before. Yeah. And what's really depressing is how Nebraska is hanging on knowing our last 10 years. Cause I'm like, if yeah. we would have even an average, we'd be like number two. Right. 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 I know that is, that is very depressing. Okay. So anyway, it's, so are we guessing? Well, I'll, I'll list the eight out for you. So it's Penn State, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, and Texas. Penn State obviously is the most recent to start 0-5. We're, we're after them because of 2018. What happened that season, we started 0-5. Um, but there are two teams that have never been 0-5. Can you guess which two they are? Texas. Ohio State. It is not Texas. Ohio State is one of them. They've never been 0-5. Okay, I'm going to guess Notre Dame is the other. No, Oklahoma lost in 1961. Or 1961, they were 0-5. And Notre Dame was 0-5 in 2007. Do they have to be from the list that you gave or just in general? the list I just gave. And Texas, since you mentioned them last time, last guess, they went 0-5 in 1938. Well, now I'm hoping it's... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I wish I could say it's Nebraska, but that's not right. Um, no, that was 2018. No, I know. I know. Um, so it's basically, you guys have guessed everything but Alabama and Michigan. Megan I said, said Michigan. Michigan. Oh, you did. Yeah, it is Michigan because Alabama went 0-5 in 1955. So yeah, Michigan wow. and Ohio State, it's two Big Ten teams that have never been 0-5. Well, Michigan almost did it this year, so I know. they are contending. Great yeah. for Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's a uh, interesting 2020 for sure. All right, well, let's just run through some other notable games from around the league. Um, <laughs> this one just makes me laugh: Clemson me versus too. Florida State. <laughs> um, I think it's funny that like Clemson was going to try to like slip in and like play the game anyway because yeah, they're like they right here. This, it's cool, but we just want to mention um, he did test positive, but that's okay, right? <laughs> that's, that's all right. All right, Mike Norvell's like, oh, oh no, oh. <laughs> He's like, we can maybe, it was funny because like it was scrolling and it's like Mike Norvell says they can hopefully play in December because I think they both have like a December 12th slot or something. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, right. No, you're hoping yeah. that that don't work. Right. I exactly. Pops I was up. like, Norvell's hoping he gets COVID again before December <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> Yeah. He's like, but let me meet that player just to talk with him. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. So, um. I don't know. Do you guys think this hurts Lawrence's chance? I mean, it's another week now, week yeah. three, we don't get to see him play. I do think I do think it does hurt his chances. Now, I mean, I don't think it's like a huge obstacle for him because I think if he comes back and he plays lights out, you know, he's right back in the mix. Right. But yeah, I mean, we haven't seen him play in three weeks now. And so <laughs> everyone's mind is on Kyle Trask, Mac Jones, like all of these players who are playing every week and, you know, maintaining a really like yeah. high level of performance. So yeah. That's like, yeah, I think like, obviously it's not helping his chances being out, but it's not like eliminating them. 
the way it is when like you're Justin Fields and you go out and play and you suck and Mm -hmm. that's not hurting it like that so because it's like yeah because people do have a soft spot for it's like this is out of his control he can't play he can't help it that does go into their minds when they're voting um so yeah well maybe maybe we'll see him in action uh this week we'll see if any more games get postponed uh the other game that stuck out to me not because of the actual game because the game was a blowout, but because of um, two comments. Um, so number one, Alabama took on Kentucky. Uh, ended up winning sixty-three to three. But I, <laughs> did you guys watch that video I sent you? Um, but of like the long snapper. Yes. <laughs> for yes. Kentucky. Oh my god, it's so funny. It's like the voiceover of the office where it's Dwight and he's like, "Send it to the freaking moon," and then it like cuts to it, and then the long snapper snaps the ball it's like 50 yards down the field oh my gosh I laughed so hard he was like taking out all his frustration like in that one snap he was like I'm just gonna like (laughs) boot this as far as it can go I was almost like a feat of nature I was like my gosh that was (laughs) insane the bounces it took were pretty like kept it going away yeah oh my word I was laughing so hard but yeah that (laughs) That kicker and holder were like, I know that you could tell that the kicker was like, You've got to be kidding me as he was like chasing the ball down. Yeah, he's like, I'm a kicker, so I don't have to run. Have you ever seen like videos of like the running of the bull when people are like (laughs) running and the bull's like right behind them and it's like they know the bull's right behind them, but they can't go any faster in their eyes? Or like, that's what I thought like that the holder and the kicker was like running on the field. So funny. But the other thing that made me laugh really hard is I was watching um, them interview Nick Saban right after the game. And he was like, again, kind of how he wanted to make that comment about uh, his receiver when he got hurt. And he's like, I know I shouldn't say it, but he, like he does. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was like trying to compliment Kentucky. He was like, you know, they're a good football team. Um, they played really hard. But we did get to play a lot of our players. <laughs> so he's like essentially being like, they're really not that good because I put in yeah. my third string, my fourth string. Yeah, he's like, I put in the water boy, the trainer on the sideline. I just, you know, everyone got to play. Yeah, I was laughing. But um but also that um that ref that got that Megan sent, the ref that oh, got yes. um, taken. Okay, so like one of the Kentucky players like grabs his shirt and like keeps him in the play. I don't know if he thought he would like help like just <laughs> Be an extra body to stop him. But no, like, if you look, one of the Kentucky players, like, grabs his jersey to, like, hold him in front. And then another Kentucky player, like, pushes him into the path of the runner. Like, they were, like, like using using him as a blocker. Yes, they were using him as an extra blocker. And then, like, the guy, like, bends down to help him up. Like, he didn't just completely sacrifice him to make the tackle. Oh my yeah. gosh, that made me laugh so hard. Just the way he like spins around and like the centrifugal force like whips his hat off and he's like, whoa, he's like windmilling. You know? <laughs> yeah. like, Pinball. so funny. Yeah, that was, that was pretty good. So there was a lot of good, mo- again, nothing to do with the actual game for the most part, but funny stuff around it. Um, Mac Jones, are we going to change our opinion on him that he's just a game manager? Nope. Okay, I've never had that opinion. Oh, I, I have know, said from the beginning. Do, don't, Megan. That's why I'm presenting the argument again. I, I've never thought that he's just a game manager. I've, I think he's a really good quarterback. I think he's incredibly accurate. He has a great arm. I mean, he's doing everything you want a quarterback to do. Hey, so. Is this a David Robinson for you? or? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, I think a lot of people are saying that, and I don't get it, because I'm like, I take him as a quarterback. I mean, I think he's yeah. really, really good. Here's the thing. I don't think if he played quarterback for us, 
he would look the same. Like he, he is a game manager. Like he, mm-hmm. he wouldn't be able to do what he, even some of his like, like open passes that people don't feel like the receivers kind of have to like a few times they had to like stop. Like, I, I just don't think he's that good. He's playing with an incredible cast. Um, and, and I, here's the thing I do where I do give him credit is he is very, like he makes smart plays. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't run too, too much or scramble where like some quarterbacks get themselves in trouble. So he, and this is an instance of like where that smart, like maybe like serves him better than being super athletic would. Um, but I don't, yeah, I don't think he's really anything that special. I just think he makes smart plays back there and he's got, his line gives him lots of time and he's got great receivers to throw to. And it's just, it's easy. I don't know. Okay. Here's the other thing I will say in his defense is that he also is mentally really tough because I have seen him like have things happen where maybe they're not even his fault, like an interception, but it was like tipped or something. And I, I don't feel like it affects him. Like he just gets back in there and he makes the next throw. I don't know. I, I think he's yeah. really good. I, I serve him well. Sure. Sure. Of course it helps. But I think Amy and I will just agree to disagree here. We're still on separate sides of the fence. Okay. Well, I'm just going to finish my popcorn over here. If you guys want to, no, I'm just going to. All right. Um, <laughs> um, Florida, the Andy, um, this was actually a close game for a little bit, uh, but Florida ended up winning 38, 17, they're still without pits, but Kyle Trask, here you go. Heisman candidacy, 30 touchdowns in seven games. He passed Joey Burrow. And you have to keep in mind, too, he really didn't even play the fourth quarter. So they put in the, the second string quarterback. So also also looking good for uh, Heisman candidacy there. Yep. Yeah, I think he surpassed uh, Justin Fields on my list. for. Yeah, for sure. Heisman. And I think he's surpassing Trevor Lawrence just because he's playing and Trevor's not right now. So we'll see how the season ends, but he's in good position right now. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, this one, I was kind of hoping that this one would go the other way since all of my picks were losing picks for the day, but um, 14 Oklahoma state versus 14 or 18 Oklahoma. This one got carried away in the end of the third and fourth, but Oklahoma ended up winning 41 to 13. Um, I mean, I made a note here. I was like, Riley, if you saw some of the schemes and the plays he drew up, I'm like, that's an offensive mind. I want mm-hmm. Frost to take some notes from him. Mm-hmm. Um, or hi, maybe maybe we should just throw a lot of money at him to be a our offensive coordinator. Yes. But the I'm sure he would take that job. <laughs> totally. I was Super like, let's just get a booster to give him $1 billion. Yeah. Um, the thing that I, I noticed that was, again, to kind of compare and contrast Nebraska, is that Oklahoma, and again, they have a ton of five-star recruits, but if, if you look at how they started the season to where they are now, there has been market improvement. They are definitely looking better um, than they did prior. And for me, that's that's indicative of of a good coach is that you are developing the team. So and I knew I knew Oklahoma. Oklahoma is just such a little bleep head. Like they will be terrible. And like everyone's like, yay, okay, they're out of the like Big 12 like talk, which they are. But then they'll just ruin it for the rest of the league. They're like, oh, Oklahoma mm-hmm. State, you want a chance? Nope, no, we're, we're going to show up for that game. I'm like, ugh. Yeah. They're the worst. Every year. Yep. They're the worst. This one, Amy, Amy's got to be loving this one. So K-State versus Iowa State. Megan and I were texting. We both about fell out of our chairs when we, read, we saw that score. I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. I didn't watch any of the games. So I neither. If, Amy, if you did, like. I just saw some highlights. Um, okay. But I mean. What happened? Like, the score kind of tells it like, yeah. um, yeah, like 
Brock Purdy, he, he was just hitting people like K State secondary looked really bad. And the thing is, like they their defense didn't really look that bad. So it's like I honestly think too, like if Iowa State had played Oklahoma State like later in the year, because that that game even early on was like super close. Like I really do think, and, and the thing is, I'm not a fan of them. I just thought this could be a good year for them. Like I I do think that um, Matt Campbell's a good coach. Like I think he's a great coach. Yes, and I, unfortunately, like I think Brock Purdy is like just one of those like hick like. It's like how Megan was like saying about Mac Jones is like he makes a mistake. He's like, well, will like he just like he doesn't get rattled by stuff. He <laughs> He's just, like, time for my sideline shoes, yeah. Stinson Bennett. Where exactly, you at? <laughs> exactly. He's just like looking forward to getting in his truck on the way home. And like, I just like I think it could be yeah, like their year in the Big Twelve. Um, yeah, I mean they've only they've only lost uh, one non-conference or they've lost one conference game and one non-conference. So right. And yeah. I think, yeah, like if they if they played Oklahoma State again, I don't know. I think they might get mm-hmm. the W there. Yeah, the Big Twelve is so confusing. Yeah, I feel like the Big Ten's getting there though. But um, as far as some of the other teams that are kind of either non-conference or Power Five, number I put number two. That's not number two. Number twenty-four, I think Liberty. I think they're twenty-four or twenty-three. They're up there. Um, they end up losing to NC State, fifteen to fourteen. Um, hate to see it. Kicker was blocked on a 39-yard field goal to, to win it. Uh, Cincinnati, I knew that they were going to struggle versus UCF. They did. Uh, but they did end up winning 36-33. Okay, here's the thing. They should have lost that game. Yeah. And if I'm a quarterback, like, there is nothing that would piss me off more than interceptions on my record that aren't my fault. Like, I, I get it if, like, I just make a bad pass and like throw it to a defender or like, I don't see one and he pops up. That's, you know, that would be on me as a quarterback, but like UCF should have won this game. And it makes me mad because a, I hate Cincinnati. I want Desmond to be wrong. Um, I don't want them to be undefeated and this was their chance to lose. Mm-hmm. And UCF was driving in the fourth quarter and the ball like hits him in both of his hands. Was it a smidge behind him, maybe? Like, not, like, the most perfect throw? Maybe. But, like, if the ball hits both of your hands, you have to catch that. Like, I don't understand how some of these receivers in college football have their jobs. Like, put them on defense if they can't catch, okay? Put them on defense. Take that scholarship away. Seriously. Because it's like, I I see plays that, like, Caden could make, and I'm like, I don't get it. And it's like, these little moments in time, like that one deflection, that cost you the whole game. Like, yeah. and honestly, they still even had a chance at the end because um, Cincinnati didn't score and they turned the ball over on downs. And like UCF had the chance, they got like one more snap, they got one more play, and they do that stupid um, like hook and ladder, and 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 then the guy just goes down. Like you can't just go down, throw it up, like throw it back, like toss it to somebody. I don't know. I'm just really frustrated in that game because that was the chance for Cincinnati to lose and UCF just blew it. Like they shot themselves in the foot. Yeah. And the other, the other thing that was huge was that Cincinnati was about to score in the, in the fourth quarter. And he, he went down, which I kind of understand because even if you go up by two scores, if they drive and then onside kick, like I get it, probably not enough time. So he probably should have gone in and scored. But he didn't, so it was like second and goal, third and goal, fourth and goal. And on fourth and goal, Cincinnati almost fumbled it. Like, well, they did fumble it, but they ended up they recovering. Did. And I'm like, 
Oh my but god! It didn't, oh. it, didn't, yeah. it didn't matter though because they turned it over on downs anyway. And if they'd have, like the fumble yeah, actually helped the time them. was like almost zero, so they almost needed to pick it up and score right and away. Right, right. But still, I don't know. I'm curious to see though because this is the ESPN news crew is the ones that like gave so much hate to UCF for like trying to claim national championship, which I mean a little bit of merit there. But overall, they just always kind of dog on UCF a little bit. So now I'm curious to see if they flip like, oh, this is a quality win for Cincinnati. It's like, really? Because you are the ones that didn't think that UCF was all that good. So I'm actually yeah. kind of curious to see how that shakes out. Uh, the other the other team, BYU, number eight, um, no problem. Cruise past <laughs> Northern Alabama, 66 to 14. So Cincy and BYU still on the talk. And then I honestly made this outline and almost forgot to put the Pac-12 in because it's so not on my radar. Um, Oregon, UCLA, again, you should, UCLA should have won, um, Oregon ended up winning by a field goal, but I'm like, okay, Oregon, sorry, not enough to get you into the college football playoffs. Like, ugh. yeah, yeah. that was not impressive too, where like a overrated team could have been exposed and they weren't. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, mean, UCLA scored on Oregon, like at will pretty much like, so if they get in for some reason, it's just going to be like a massacre. Yeah, but it'll be interesting to see this this week's games coming up. I mean, I know for the Pac-12, USC um, ended up winning too, but I don't know. And maybe it's just because I honestly don't stay awake to watch them play. But I just I don't I don't think there's enough there. But enough enough of recapping. Amy, take us to the fun segment for the week. Okay, we have a very special Thanksgiving edition of Football on Fleek. We will. This was Megan's idea. I will give credit where credit is due. Um, we will be taking Thanksgiving dishes and matching them up to college football teams. I stayed within the Big Ten in mine, but I think you guys might have branched out. Um, so, Megan, since this was your idea, why don't you go first? Well, I stayed in the Big Ten except for one team. And unfortunately, it looks like Laura and I were on the same wavelength. So, I apologize. Okay, well, mine are, mine are put on the outline, so let's <gasps> not remember. Mine are okay. too. And mine okay. were done first, so let's also remember that. So I'm going to start off with pumpkin pie. It is somehow a staple of Thanksgiving, even though I'm pretty convinced that very few people actually like it. It's like you can't have Thanksgiving without the pumpkin pie. Just like we cannot have college football in playoff conversation for some reason without bringing Notre Dame into it, okay? okay? Notre Dame is the pumpkin pie of Thanksgiving. It, like, sits over on the counter. Like, the two people oh. that actually like it take a slice, and then the rest of it just sits over there congealing into, like, this sloppy mess. It actually already is congealed. That's pretty much what pumpkin pie it is. It is. It's oh. so gross. It's, like, a nasty texture. I think pumpkin is an obnoxious flavor, just like oh. I think Notre Dame is kind of an obnoxious team. Okay. Why... Why are we pretending that it's acceptable to make a dessert out of squash? That's okay. my question. I agree that it's a disgusting flavor. However, it is like a good smell. I really like the smell of pumpkin. Like when it's cooking, it's, it's, like, candle. it's like a good nostalgia. Like when like the pumpkin pie and actually like I will disagree with you. I think a lot of people actually do like it. Um do you remember, like, okay, dad loves it. And do you remember when he was feeding Rachel, like, before she was even one? And you, like, looked over and he was, like, feeding her pumpkin pie when she was, like, eight months old I or don't. something. I've like that. repressed that memory. And um, you don't remember that? I don't. And, 
and you like got really angry because like you were like really careful to feed her like really healthy stuff and dad was just like feeding her pumpkin pie and he was like what she loves it and like, <laughs> just, like okay well i'm just gonna bring this up i do think dad likes notre dame Okay, he Dad liked, also likes the salty crust of no. the pumpkin pie. You could probably he scoop liked, out the contents and he would be fine. He likes Rudy, <laughs> but I don't think he's a huge Notre Dame fan. Well, he de- definitely doesn't dislike them as much as I do. Okay, well, that might be <laughs> true. but Okay. Anyway, I just think it's kind of like all around, we could do away with it, but for whatever reason, it's okay that Notre Dame continues to play football without joining a conference. And somehow it's okay that we just keep bringing these pies to our Thanksgiving meals and I'm not going to eat them. Maybe a few people like them. A few people like Notre Dame. That's fine. But I think the majority don't. So that's why I assigned pumpkin pie to Notre Dame. My second food was green bean casserole. Mm, well, this one was really tough for me. I didn't realize how few teams there are that I actually like until I started trying to do this. So I thought to myself, what is more Midwestern? Than a casserole, and what team Iowa? is more Midwestern than Wisconsin? Oh, okay. Here's where I'm going with this. Okay, I was actually at the grocery store this morning, and I was buying the ingredients for green bean casserole, and I'm like, they're nothing special. Okay, it's like uh, a can of green beans, some cream of mushroom soup. It's literally chemicals in a can, like weird onion stuff that you put in it. It's like, what else would you ever use that for? I don't know. Mix it all together, and somehow it actually turns out decent. This is like Wisconsin. They don't have any star players, but somehow you like mix it all together and their team is like somewhat decent every year. So okay. I don't know. I like the analogy when you break it down because it makes yes. sense, but mm-hmm. there's just something that sits wrong because I really like green bean casserole and I really don't like Wisconsin. Yeah, see, that's so the problem. Like, I'm telling you, I could not think of many teams that I really liked to give this honor to. So I just gave it to Wisconsin because <laughs> I do feel like you can't have Thanksgiving without green bean casserole. And for whatever reason, every single year, we cannot have a college football playoff conversation without bringing Wisconsin into it, even though... We all know they're not the star of the show. I will allow it, I suppose. Okay. All right. Well, I really hope you like my last one. Okay. Mm, my last fingers. Thanksgiving dish here is mashed potatoes. Yes. And I'm going to give that to Nebraska. Yes. Okay. Fun fact. I did not realize this, but mashed potatoes are not a part of everyone's Thanksgiving meal, like regionally. What losers don't have mashed potatoes on Thanksgiving? Exactly the same losers who don't cheer for Nebraska and follow college football. Okay. It's my for real. Who is it though? Like people in the South. Jared's family doesn't do mashed potatoes. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you at all. It like was all nasty food though. Like all kinds of nasty food. I know. Like when I lived down there, that was the worst, the worst thing. The only redeeming quality is that they fry everything. And um, like, so I lived off like fried chicken and stuff like that. But like, the South's food is nasty. So mashed like, potatoes like, are delicious. They are the best part of Thanksgiving, just like Nebraska's the best team. And I read somewhere that potatoes are like... Most on, versatile. Just a second. Yeah. Dressing is the best part of Thanksgiving. Okay. What do you need Gross. something? No, dressing. Yeah, he was raised in the South. I, <laughs> All right, jerking down to say that I'm bullying him on his podcast. Okay. 
No, I read somewhere. Mashed potatoes are not the best part of Thanksgiving. Okay. You're wrong, Jared. So I read somewhere that mashed potatoes or potatoes in general, like can provide every nutrient that you need. So you could survive for like years on end only eating potatoes. And I'm like, that is like Nebraska football. If you could only watch one team for the rest of your life, you could survive on just Nebraska football. Not to mention they're delicious. You can top them with gravy or I prefer to top mine with butter. Butter, butter so, and yummy. sour cream. You can yep. make french fries. You can make chips. You can make mm-hmm. mashed potatoes. Actually, you can make very versatile. Yep. When I was pregnant with Kaylee, like I went through this phase that the only thing I would eat was like potatoes, like baked potatoes or mashed potatoes or like I did too. And, and I went to the doctor and she was like, actually, that's not a bad thing. Thing to do potatoes have a lot of nutrients in them and you're getting a lot of stuff anyway she's like that's not the worst thing she's like the butter and bacon on top is a bit much but <laughs> no actually I was like I wasn't gaining weight and so she like wanted me to so that wasn't a problem that but like she um but she was saying that like yeah there was much worse things that I could be doing that the potatoes weren't bad for me you know, it was like my first trimester craving it was like I ate baked potatoes all the time yeah they yeah, are they're very delicious good for yeah. me. the best um Okay. okay, I will I will agree with that. Okay. I, okay, so we have a lot of similar ones, Megan. Mm-hmm. But if Jared is still down here, maybe he'll like this analogy. So I had, for my three cider main dishes, were turkey, cranberry sauce, and sweet potato casserole. So I said sweet potato casserole has got to be Alabama. And here's yes. why. Here's okay. why. First of all, when I was in college and I came and celebrated um, Thanksgiving down with Jared's family in Alabama, that was the first time I had had sweet potato casserole. And you're mm-hmm. right. I searched high and low for mashed potatoes, but they were not on the menu. So I not did have sweet potato casserole. So that's first of all, it's tied to Alabama personally. Okay. Secondly, only people from the South like it. So only people from Alabama like Alabama, right? Let's right. be real. Yes. But also it's like a staple for Southern dishes. And I feel like Alabama has been the staple for the SEC. Um, so, sweet potato yeah. casserole. I'm sure Jared will back this up. Mm-hmm. Alabama. Yeah, I really don't get it. Like, potatoes shouldn't be sweet. Like, it, I, it's almost I like agree. a pie or something. It's mm-hmm. like you shouldn't, like, it's fine if you want to take, go get a bite of, like, something good, like pecan pie, and, like, mix it with your other food. That's fine. But, like, don't have a dish masquerading as a potato, like, like tastes mm-hmm. like that. It's just wrong. I didn't mind it, but mashed potatoes are by far, far, far superior. So, yeah, I don't, I don't go out of my way for sweet potato casserole. Um, in contrast, for cranberry sauce, I said cranberry sauce is Nebraska. Obviously the color, but also it's okay. just kind of an innocent side dish. People often forget about it. But, like, if you really like it, then you really like it. And I feel like that's Nebraska. Like, if you're not a cranberry sauce fan, like, no one notices it's missing. But, like, mm-hmm. if cranberry sauce is your jam, if it's on the table, people are like, wait, where's where's my bite of cranberry sauce? Like, where is it? And I feel like that's Nebraska fans. We're like, we're the only ones that really care about Nebraska. Um, and it's very, very sweet, just like Nebraska fans. We are known to be very classy. So, um, is it sweet, though? Because I always thought it was kind of tart. I think it depends on how you make it and if you get it out of a can or not. Well, but, I mean, if you just dump it out of a can, then no. Um, you actually ink it. I agree. It's the right color. So that was good that you tied that in. Thank you. However, I disagree that only we talk about us because we get a lot of hate still 
from a lot of different people. Like, no, I didn't say talk about. I said if you like it, you really like it. No, but you said like we're the only ones that care about like. I said uh, people often forget about it, which they do until they want to give like hate or love. But for the most part, it's like a non combo. Okay, well, that's where I just, I feel like we still get a lot of talk for being, like, not ranked for the past however many seasons, and, like, we still get our fair share of, I don't know, and maybe that's just, like, we're resting on our laurels, but, um, I don't know. I guess just the only other thing is I'm not a Cranberry Sauce fan, so that's yeah. Fine. But. I think that is, I think you made a lot of really good points, Laura, so I totally understand your reasoning. I'm just having a hard time with it since I don't personally like cranberry sauce, and I really like Nebraska, so but not really. some of our listeners do, but yes, I also don't like it, so I do understand that. Okay. Um, and then for my last one, so this is how Megan and I kind of went down the same, same road. So I had turkey, so I'm like, okay, turkey is literally the staple of Thanksgiving, and so it was kind of a struggle because I'm like, well, what team do I want to say is a staple of football? And I really didn't have a great answer. But if you were to ask people who, like, aren't football fans, like, what they think of football, I think a lot of people think of, like, Rudy and hence Notre Dame. So mm-hmm. I said that Notre Dame is the turkey of Thanksgiving because, first of all, I think it's super gross and always overrated. No, I don't think it's good. Everyone, like, is like, oh, you have to have turkey. But I'm like, no one really likes it. Um, so I feel like that's Notre Dame with like, okay. always have to be there. And Amy's, I know Amy's going to have issue with this because Amy likes Turkey, but for the most part, everybody I talk to does not like Turkey, but like you have to have it because it's Thanksgiving. Whereas I feel like Notre Dame, they have to be in the conversation, even though they refuse right. to join the conference. It's like gross. Okay. Here's the thing. I don't know who is in your circle that is everybody because like, I really don't think that that average or like the like the majority of the population hates turkey have you ever gotten and here's the thing I'm not even against like ham like if there's a chance to have another meat on the Thanksgiving table I am all for it like throw that ham on you know throw some chicken some pheasant whatever we want get it all on the table but have you ever had like a bite of like dark meat chicken with like some gravy on it with mashed potatoes and like a few pieces of corn in there and a bite of green casserole and you just like scoop it all up and you shove it in your mouth all at one time like oh my gosh it's so gross I do not like it and how you're talking about it now where you're like if you just added some other stuff and you put all this other stuff it's like when people talk about Notre Dame getting into the playoffs they're like we know they aren't (laughs) in conference but if you like add in all these other things that they did then it's totally okay it's like no no. no, but see, that's how I like to eat bites. There's not like, I don't like to just have like a bite of mashed potatoes or a bite of green casserole. I like to get like everything mixed up on my plate. Okay, and then, like, I don't like that. It I don't, I don't like that I knew, visual I and I don't like that, that practice. <laughs> nope. Okay, Megan, well, was, Megan was tracking with you the whole time until you said that. And she's like, oh, no, out. hold on though. Like you cannot, like if I were to like blind taste test, like some dark meat turkey with some salt, just like really juicy, like a, a fried one even, or like a butter ball. And like, I got some butter and gravy and salt on that thing. Like, like you're just wrong, man. Like, oh. No, give me, give me a ham all yeah, day. Give me ham too. Give me ham too. But like, give me some turkey. In the same bite, actually. Yeah, we'll exactly. Say. Just all at once. See, that's the thing. Like no one at Christmas is like, oh, a Christmas ham. Where's the turkey? Like, but, but at Thanksgiving, I'm always like, ugh, turkey, where's the ham? <laughs> like, let's get down to the good stuff here, the salted ham. Let's get that going. Yeah, but hams have Christmas and Easter. Like, you get Easter ham. Yeah, because ain't nobody like turkey. 
and you and so it's like I, it's just like it's it's tradition like yeah it's, like, it's that's like exactly in our brain where they're like we're tradition no, no, like, but like yeah, Norman no, Rockwell painting of like a big old naked bird sitting on your table with that. It just like completes the look. Like oh. it just makes you, does it not just make you a little happy seeing it on the table, even if you're not going to eat it? Does it just like nostalgic? Does that See, not do that's, that's my point for Notre Dame is everyone's just like, oh, nostalgia, Notre Dame, the good old boys team. Okay. Well, I just, yeah, I don't like Notre Dame, but I like Turkey. So I just don't think it's fair giving them that, like, credibility. It's not personal preference. It's, it's Oh, but it is completely personal, personal preference. That's why you gave it to Notre Dame. <laughs> it's completely okay, personal. Okay, well, why don't, why don't you give yours since we're going on about an hour and a half now or hour and 15? Okay, so I had stuffing, pecan pie, and butternut squash, which FYI, Stuffing is like what Southerners call dressing. Um, so yeah, why don't I just vomit on your plate? And and, and I'm sorry, I'm really sorry, Jared, but stuffing, dressing, whatever you want to call it, is not the best part of Thanksgiving. It's like who thinks, hey, I'm gonna throw these crusty breadcrumbs in a bowl and then like make them soggy and yeah. then we're gonna eat it and enjoy it. Like I I just I don't get it. Like the smell. Mom used to make me take like a couple bites and like. I remember gagging and like it, it just ruined my Thanksgiving. Um, so here's not dramatic, but Thanksgiving. Okay, it is gross though. It literally looks it's like disgusting. Thanksgiving in reverse. It's disgusting, <laughs> and it's worse than turkey. I think you have to admit that, Laura. Yes, I will admit that. I will eat turkey. So is there a try. team out there worse than Notre Dame? That's the okay. real question. But here, yes, here is where <laughs> I stayed in the Big Ten for mine, and here are my analogies. Okay. Stuffing is Northwestern, and here is why. First of all, the name stuffing. Northwestern is very stuffy. They think yes. they're, like, really smart and, like, high class, and they're private and blah, blah, blah. So they're just really stuffy, like, preppy people. So strike one. Also, it's disgusting. Northwestern. Like, but. It's disgusting. People, <laughs> Got it. People have to Anymore. have it. It's like what you guys are saying. People have to have it. It's like a Thanksgiving tradition. And it's like, we can't get rid of Northwestern. It's like they're, what, three and nine last year? And we think, okay, good. They're finally, like, going to be out of the conversation for a while. But it's like, nope. They reared their heads again this year. And now somehow they're, like, you know, undefeated. And it's just like you can't get rid of them no matter how disgusting it tastes you just can't do it um yeah it's like they're the leftovers that get stuck in your fridge for like a month after the yeah, holiday you can't get rid of the smell or the taste it's just it's bad all around and then um for my final point um well two more stuffing gets its name from being like stuffed in the behind of a turkey and i feel like we could just make some correlations there um and also <laughs> Nice Pat visual. Burr. Thank you for that. Pat Fitzgerald looks like he's been stuffed. I don't know what That's happened. True. I was going to say, he kind of looks like a Pillsbury Doughboy. So. I don't know what happened to him, like, over quarantine and, like, really over the past couple years. But he is, like, he needs to worry about heart disease in his near future. So that is my other correlation um, with stuffing. So that's Northwestern. Um, I think there I could be also a case made for Texas being stuffing. Mm. yeah and if i'd have gone outside the um big 10 i would have gone there um yes just disgusting old pieces of crusty bread leftovers texas yes 
It's like crusty, but it's also soggy. It's like the worst texture. Like, I know, I just, but it's like it's like ugh. you take you don't even take good bread. You take gross, crusty, like old bread, and then you make it soggy, and then somehow it like you throw in like the most disgusting herbs and spices, and like sometimes people put celery in it too for like, and it's just it's too much for the senses, like in a bad way. Um, okay. So, pecan pie. Mm. This has got to be a favorite all around. Like, pies are a staple of Thanksgiving, and pecan pie has to be, like, just at the top of the list of everybody's favorite pies. It's just, like, wholesome. It's good for you. Got those nuts in it. Like, it's just <laughs> is it? really good. So, Love it. that is why pecan pie is Nebraska. You know, some years, does it not set up just right and it's a little runny maybe? Maybe, but it still tastes good. you still okay? want to eat it. And you still want to eat it. So that is why pecan pie is Nebraska. Um, I feel good about that pick. Um, okay, now we're going to go to butternut squash. Um, mm, gross. I, I feel like this is a that it's like you see like on like Good Morning America and it's like some ladies trying to convince you that like, butternut squash or like some like crappy side dish like that is like something you need on your table and it's just deceiving and here's why butternut squash is iowa that's got butt in it (laughs) okay yes very (laughs) solid point but with two t's but it's like sometimes those ladies on tv will like take pictures of their butternut squash and it'll even like maybe look good or whatever but it's always a disappointment when you try it. Lets you down. It always mm-hmm. lets you down. It's like Iowa might even look good some years, but they can never win the big one. They can never win like the really big games and go anywhere and get a championship. And so that's why they're butternut squash. It's like you, you, you know, you can't get rid of these like annoying sides, you know, and like sometimes mm-hmm. it might even like look appealing or whatever. And you might get excited, but it just always lets you down and it's gross and it tastes yeah. nasty. You can dress it up, but it's still squash. Yep. So that's why it's Iowa. Okay. Plus, I just felt like I had to tie Iowa into Thanksgiving because they're a part of our Thanksgiving weekend or they have been for a while. So, um, and I mean, it used to be like Colorado and Oklahoma and stuff, but now it's Iowa. So I just, I felt like I had to tie them in. If you were were to have gone outside of the Big Ten, I think you have to go West Coast. I think you have to pick like a California school. It's like you're trying to trying to make something good, but you're doing that nasty, healthy alternative. I can yeah. see it being like a like a USC or like a UCLA or something. Yeah. yeah. All righty. Well, now I'm just hungry for Thanksgiving. I know. I really know. All right. Well, let's wrap this up then. <laughs> yeah, go right. let's, let's do some rapid fire. Okay. So again, rapid fire, you guys. So not discussion, just your picks. Okay. All right. Iowa State versus Texas. Iowa State, and you know why? They're my dark horse. Okay. I'm going to say Iowa State as well because they're Amy's dark horse. Okay, well, I'm saying Iowa State because I just really don't want to cheer for Texas. Um, and, yep, so we're staying with that. Okay, number 23, Auburn versus number one, Alabama. I'm going to say Alabama. Um, Auburn beat them last year, if I remember correctly. I don't think yes. they're going to let it happen again. I guess I'm choosing Alabama, Alabama because it's already been decided for me, so it, I don't have a choice. I was just putting out what I thought everyone would pick, and I, again, across the board, everyone's taking Alabama, but you can obviously pick whatever you want. Number 11, 
um, Oregon versus Oregon State? Um, I'm going to pick Oregon State here um, because I want to see Tristan Jebbia get the win, and I don't like Oregon. Okay. Okay, I don't like Oregon either, but I do think they're a better football team, so I'm going to pick Oregon. I am going to go with Oregon, but, you know, if Oregon State can win it, I'd be very pleased. Number 10, Wisconsin versus Minnesota. Okay, I'm going to pick Wisconsin, not because I think they're a great team, but because I think Minnesota is terrible, and because the only reason they beat Purdue is some agreement they have with the refs. So I'm going to go Wisconsin. Although Purdue shouldn't have let it be that close, but... um, True. Yes, I'm going with Wisconsin because... Uh, I think Minnesota's awful. I do think Grant Mertz was exposed this week, but I think he's still better than what Minnesota has to offer. Uh, all right. Just so I'm different, at least on one of the picks, and you guys have always made it, and I have the same. I will pick Minnesota, but I think both teams are crap. So, again, <laughs> won't be too torn up on that one. All right. Well, let's wrap up then um, looking at last week's picks. Uh <laughs> Uh, I don't even know you guys anymore. So end result, Amy had three correct, Megan with five, and me with five. Uh, Megan and I traded games between Tennessee and then the Iowa State game. So that's where the the win came from. But Northwestern, Wisconsin, obviously uh, Northwestern got the win. Ohio State got the win. Oklahoma got the win. Uh, Cincinnati won. Auburn won. Iowa State won. And then USC won as well. So um, yeah, overall, Megan and I tied on this week, so we'll have to we'll have to see how next week shakes out. But I just I feel so unconfident. Like every year, I'm like I these some of these are toss ups, but this year especially, I'm just like I have no yeah. idea. All are we these, anything a score can happen for the Iowa game. Do you want to pick a score for the Iowa game? Yeah, sure. Okay. We're gonna win this one. I'm feeling good about it. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, why don't you give us a score? Okay. Um. It's going to be a dog fight, but I'm going to go with 37-24. Oh, my. Okay. Um, I am not super confident, but obviously I will pick a score that Nebraska wins. I'm going to go 17-13. Okay. I'm going to say Nebraska wins 35-31. All righty. Wow. Here's hopefully to us not drawing our sorrows in day two Thanksgiving leftovers on Friday. I'm going to be doing that anyway, but it's going to be (laughs) celebratory. There you go. Okay. Okay. Um, But yeah, we are, we're looking forward to this week's game. It's a new week. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hopefully you can be around family or maybe even virtually connect with family. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to College Dame Day. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also hit us up. We are at College Dame Day on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join us again next week for more college football content.